Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody, Gibbs here with number 408 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time. It's Motorhead with Ace of Spades. Ace of Spades is the fourth studio album by the British rock band. It was released on November 8th of 1980, recorded August 4th through September 15th of 1980 at the Jackson Studio in Rixmanworth, England. The genre of the album is heavy metal, speed metal, and hard rock. It was released on the label of Bronze, and produced by Vic Mail. Out of the 12 tracks on this album, one was released as a single, and that is Ace of Spades. And although this was the band's fourth studio album, it would be the debut album to be released in the United States, so it was the United States' first encounter with Motorhead with this album, so a pretty good album for them to get introduced to. But with them just debuting in the United States, they were already popular over in England. By 1979, they had already released two successful albums, being Overkill and Bomber, and had gained a real loyal fan following, and they had been doing a lot of touring and even television appearances, and they are known for their loud proto-thrash playing style and it appealed equally to fans of punk music as well as fans of heavy metal music and Motorhead would be part of this kind of hybrid of music that would be labeled by Jeff Barton as new wave of British heavy metal and it was used to classify bands such as Motorhead at the time, and Iron Maiden, Def Leppard, Saxon. So they used this as new wave of British heavy metal. I believe here in the United States, that era and those bands are kind of labeled as the British invasion of metal because that's when a lot of those bands started becoming really popular here in the United States. So it's kind of known as the British Invasion period of music. Motorhead actually resented this labeling of their music in a way, as they didn't want to be labeled as anything other than a rock and roll band. So to put any kind of sub-label on them as punk or heavy metal, they didn't really feel like they belonged in that. There was a a book in 2011 called Overkill, The Untold Story of Motorhead, where Lemmy was quoted as saying, I like Iron Maiden and Saxon out of the new mob, and that's about it, really. We were too late for the first metal movement and early for the next one. Motorhead don't fit in any category, really. We're not straight heavy metal because we're rock and roll band which no one knows how to market anymore. Regardless of what you label Motorhead, though, they would go on, along with those other bands, to influence other bands such as Metallica and Megadeth. 
during the recording process, this was definitely an album where the producer had a heavy hand in how the album would sound as Vic Mail, who was affectionately nicknamed Turtle by Motorhead because he resembles the looks of a turtle, I guess. And he was very critical in giving Motorhead a sleeker sound on the record without sacrificing its raw power. So he was very responsible for most of the sound of this record. And he was a pretty well-known producer coming into this. He had worked with acts like Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, and The Who, who all had crossed paths with Lemmy, the lead vocalist and bassist and rock icon of Motorhead, and he was a member of Hawkwind at the time. And that's when he first was introduced to this producer who would later go on to work on this album, Ace of Spades, with them, as well as contributing to the sound of this record. Mail was also well-equipped to deal with Motorhead in general because there was a lot of infighting and general unmanageability in the studio during recording, and he was able to manage and keep with them and make things go as well as he could to get a record produced and out. Another aspect of the album that Mail really took over was the mixing of the album. Prior to Ace of Spades, Motorhead had had a real heavy hand in mixing of their albums and how the final sound would be as they had their input in the mixing stage, but Mail took sole responsibility and did all the mixing himself and didn't really take in any of the band's input on this. Which is probably a good thing because Motorhead is famously known for just being a really, really loud band. So I can imagine that any kind of mixing with them would just be crank everything up to 10 and there we go, that's the mix. So probably a good idea that they had someone else come in and take responsibility of mixing and that's not that this album doesn't sound loud and powerful because as stated earlier when they were describing male as a producer he's able to keep that powerful sound he's just able to make it a little cleaner sounding and not just a bunch of fuzzy noise coming through the speaker but you can really hear all the parts and he does a good job of mixing and keeping it loud and powerful without distorting any of the parts. This album contains probably three of Motorhead's most popular tracks throughout their career, with that being The Chase is Better Than the Catch, Ace of Spades, and We Are the Road Crew, with We Are the Road Crew being written as a tribute to the band's roadies, so... I'm sure they really appreciated being shouted out because those are some of the hardest working, most underappreciated people. When you go to a show and 
the band comes on the stage, you're only focused on that few hours that the band is on the stage, and you don't realize how much work goes into setting up that performance so that the band can come out and blow you away for three hours or more. You have... Someone has to carry all those amps. Someone has to set up all the instruments. Then they have to do the sound mixing if there's lights. I mean, a lot of these venues don't have their own systems when it comes to all those lights and stuff. That's stuff that the band brings in and pays for a lot of these shows, and especially your more intricate shows that you get nowadays where there is a lot more lighting effects or pyro or something along those works and there's countless hours that go into setting up that event to make you really wow for three hours and so it was cool that they decided to write a song as a tribute to these hard-working people that don't get a lot of sleep and they're up there and they're doing the dirty work so that the band can just go up not have to worry about a thing and just worry about entertaining you for how many ever hours they're on that stage. For the artwork on this album, they went for a very Wild West motif. Like their song, Shoot You in the Back, the Ace of Spades artwork employs this Wild West feeling. And originally the idea for the album cover was to have it in a sepia tone and have gunfighters at a card table, but... The band ultimately decided against that, and they decided instead to have themselves in the desert dressed as cowboys. The Arizona desert-style pictures used on the album sleeve and the tour program, ultimately, were taken during a photo session at a sand pit in Barnett. Each of the cowboy outfits were based on different type of western protagonists, Eddie was based on Clint Eastwood's character, the man with no name, from the Dollars trilogy. Phil's costume was based on Marlon Brando's character in One-Eyed Jacks. Lemmy's costume was claimed by Phil to be inspired by Brett Maverick from the TV show Maverick. Contrary to belief, the sky was not real and was airbrushed in due to it being very cloudy that day, so little trickery behind the scenes as they weren't able to really capture the photo that they wanted to and had to use a little computer technology, which probably back in 1980, doing the airbrushing and that kind of editing of a photo was probably a little bit of a difficult situation more than it is today. At release, this became Motorhead's most commercially successful album, and would continue to be their most commercially successful album. And I feel like part of that has to do with the introduction to them in the United States. I mean, you think that you're introducing that album now to millions more people that are able to buy it and enjoy it. So that probably helped lead to some of this being the most commercially successful album for them. And the album has been described by many as one of the best metal albums by any band ever, and a significantly influential hard rock classic, with a lot of them giving credit to really developing the thrash metal genre of music that would be 
kind of your Anthraxes, your Megadeths, Metallica, early days, Metallica and Megadeth were more considered thrash. And so this was kind of the precursor for all the thrash bands out there that we all know now and give credit to. And this was given credit to starting that movement despite the band being very set on this being a rock and roll album it was obviously a little something more than that this album is also listed in the book of 1001 albums you must hear before you die and as you know 2020 it was ranked 408 on the rolling stones top 500 greatest albums of all time list ace of spades is considered a classic album which in March of 2005, there was a documentary from the VH1 classic albums back when VH1 and MTV actually showed a little bit of music on their stations instead of just some Jersey Shore reality TV stuff that they don't even show music now, which is so disappointing because there's so many good documentaries and stuff out there that there used to be like behind the music and this classic album series so if you would like to get more in-depth knowledge of this album and i didn't give you all the information i'm sure there is to know about this and you want to get more of a track by track breakdown i suggest you go watch the classic albums documentary done on this album ace of spades and they're like I said, it's a whole series, and there's lots of classic albums out there that they do, and it's just a good way to really get the recording process of these albums down, because in this you have Lemmy and Phil, and they talk about their performances on this album, as well as Eddie Clark, and they talk about the recording process and what they were thinking and they kind of break down the mixes and isolate vocals so if you're really into learning more about albums and how they're made and the process of writing of the songs and recording and everything this classic albums documentary is great i had watched a little bit of this one because i used to watch that series a lot i've seen a lot of the classic albums series and i do remember watching a little bit of this one, obviously not knowing that one day I would be doing a whole podcast episode on the album, or else I maybe would have been taking a little better notes, but might have to go back and rewatch that, because, like I said, that's a really cool series, really cool way to learn more about the recording process and everything that goes on behind the scenes. As stated, this was their most commercially popular album. In 1980, it made the charts on the Canada Top Albums at the number 29 position, Norwegian Albums list at 37, and peaked at number 4 on the UK Albums. As far as certifications, it has been certified gold in the United Kingdom. I didn't see any other certifications, which is kind of shocking because I felt like this was probably a more popular album in the United States as well, so I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't a certification that I saw as far as the United States being concerned, but certified gold in the UK. As far as my thoughts on this album, I really enjoyed this album. 
Obviously, I had heard the single Ace of Spades prior to doing this album and listening to the whole album. I had not heard the whole album before. I had heard Ace of Spades and We Are the Road Crew. I had heard those two tracks and had not listened to the entire album, but now I'm glad I did listen to the entire album. Ace of Spades is just such an iconic song. We're on the topic of thrash metal and the beginning of thrash metal and Master of Puppets is another song that this Stranger Things introduced to a new generation of people that now are starting to go back and listen to Metallica. So I know I got off on a little bit of a tangent here, but I really like that Guitar Hero games and TV and movies can use some of these older tracks and bring them back to life, if you will. Just really introduce a new audience to them and get them to re-listen to those songs and make them popular again. And Ace of Spades was definitely one for me that introduced because of Guitar Hero. And I ended up going back and listening to and downloading Ace of Spades. Getting back to this album, though, I really like that most of the songs are centered around a guitar riff and not just chugging through chords, as I feel sometimes when you get into, say, the thrash metal genre, and I know that that's not what this is classified as yet, but it 
like I said, was the groundworks for that genre. And I feel like you get into a lot of just chord chugging, and you're just playing as fast as you can, and there's no... It's it's not really deep on any level. It's just going as fast as you can through this, yelling the lyrics. And I like that a lot of these, going back to what Lemmy said with this being a rock and roll record, I believe that more because there's a lot of just good riffs throughout these songs on this album and you get a lot of riff based songs and I think my big pick on this album which obviously I can remember dating back to the second album I've done I've kind of complained about on certain albums a lot of these songs just fade out and I don't mind using that every now and then I think it's a cool tool to use but then it always does make me wonder when I'm listening to it and I'm thinking, man, I wonder if you listen to this live, how they end this song. And a lot of the times there's like an extended guitar solo or something that ends out the song and I'm like, oh man, that sounds awesome. I wish they would have just done it that way on the album. But sometimes fading out's not bad, but they do that a lot on this album and I started to get a little tired of it. I kind of just wish there was more of a definite end to all the tracks instead of just fading out on all of them as i mentioned before i did know ace of spades coming into this i knew we are the road crew coming into this which is as we talked about a cool tribute to the road crew but i ended up finding a better song on this album that i had not listened to before and that was their other big one from this album the chase is better than the catch and that one is definitely my new favorite track on this album and I just really enjoyed the nice driving riff of the song it had a real kind of just riff that kept you going kept your head bobbing through it had a great guitar solo towards the end there was a really cool breakdown with just the bass and the drums and a little bit of reverb on the guitar and it just sounded different from everything else on this album and I think that's why it stood out as my favorite because although a lot of the songs were guitar riff based so that they sounded good they sounded different from one another but they all basically had the same song structure and this one had different song structure and it like I said it had the cool breakdown towards the end and I just felt like it was the most dynamic song on this album and it became my favorite so now we get to the hard part where to place this album on the list and it's hard because after looking at the album sales the album sales weren't as high as some of the ones that we have went through on the album list but it's an influential album i mean you have something that it wasn't the first album, but it was a transition to something else. And to me, sometimes that carries a lot of weight when you're doing something new. And especially, I enjoy reading about how critics at the time didn't really know what genre to place them in. To me, that's cool, because that means that you're doing something new, and you're outside of the box of what people already know and they're having to put you in a new category that they 
just have to think of a name for and that's cool to me that's great when you can be the one that they just can't put in a box and that's what I feel like this with this album so that carries a lot of weight with me I am going to move it down one spot just because I can't get past this Creedence Clearwater Revival album and just how many hits this thing had on it when they made it and I I mean I refer to it all the time it's like a greatest hits record but it wasn't a greatest hits record it's not something people put together it's just something so great that the band had written and all the songs are popular so I do feel like that carries more weight but at the same time Motorhead kind of creating a subgenre also carries a lot of weight so we're just going to move it down one spot 409 for the time being would love to know what you think about it. You can let me know the rolling review at yahoo.com or the easiest way by going over to Facebook and liking the fan page. You can find it by searching at the rolling review on Facebook and the page should pop up. Just give it a like and you can comment on anything there. I try to post the pictures of the updated list as we go through these and we can have a conversation about those if you would like you can also just easy access to the podcast itself over there if you give a like on a page it has the podcast player right on the page and you can listen comment to do everything you want right from that page so go over there and give that a like if you would please next time on the list we have neil young with everybody knows this is nowhere until then, I'm Gibbs, this is The Rolling Review, stay safe, and be kind.